Take your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Nehemiah, if you will. Just tell them the truth, that's what preachers do. And so take your Bible, turn with me to the book of Nehemiah, chapter number one. Nehemiah chapter number one. Now, if you'll notice, this is the third week as I've been preaching from the book of Nehemiah. And uh, wow, Nehemiah made a difference. I mean, Nehemiah made a difference. And you think about it, he had a heart of compassion. There he is in Shushan. And he loves the, the Jewish people. He loves the people uh, from Israel, from Jerusalem. This man, Hanani, comes to Shushan and he uh, begins to be concerned. He, he says, you've been to Jerusalem. Tell me, how are they doing? And uh, he says, oh, it's not good, not good at all. They're uh, people that are in distress. And uh, the walls there have been burned down. And you remember, he who's also not a man, just a man of compassion. He was a man of prayer. And you read that prayer in Nehemiah chapter number one. Wow. It was a, a prayer of humility. Lord, we have sinned. Lord, we need you. And uh, we read about that. And that prayer, that compassion made a difference. We're going to look tonight about the difference of listening. Nehemiah listened. In, in other words, the importance of listening. He listen to Hanani. Uh, I remember when I became a pastor, and uh, oh, 2009, and uh, wow, 2009, my, the years go flying by, and I remember 2009, there was a lady who began to attend our church, her and a husband, and uh, she one time called me and said, Pastor, I need help, and I said, well, what's going on? Then she began to, without uh, taking a breath, began to talk for an hour about how bad her husband was. And, and during that conversation, I tried to stop and say something, but it, it, it never worked. I couldn't get anything. And finally, I got off the phone and I didn't say a word. She just talked about how bad her husband. And so about a week later, there the phone call was. I said, okay, this is going to be my opportunity to help. And I said, uh, hello. And next thing you know, she said, I need your help, pastor. And then started going. And about an hour into it, I still hadn't said a word. And I couldn't get a word in. And so finally he said, ma'am, I can't help you at all. Uh, there's no need of calling me anymore because you will not listen. And uh, and I didn't say it quite like that, but pretty close. And anyways, that's another story for another day. Uh, but that marriage ended up falling apart. And uh, divorce, broken home, a multitude of problems. And, and I believe, there. I, I, I see hope. Uh, but there was no listening. Uh, you've ever been there in a family? Maybe you're trying to encourage your son or your daughter and, uh, boy, you can help them, but they just won't listen. Sometimes, uh, ladies, it's your husband who will not listen. It's never the ladies who will not listen. Never, never. I won't go there tonight. Uh, but you understand. I remember, uh, and thinking about the, the message tonight, I remember growing up and my parents, uh, they loved me and uh, they cared for me, but there became a time period from about uh, 13, 14, 15 years of age, I began to grow in my stature, not physically necessarily, but I knew more than my parents. And uh, why would I ever take any time to listen to my uh, old, foggy, uh, non-smart parents? Big mistake, by the way. I did not listen. This message right there of Hanani, if I mispronounce that name, Hanani, he brought his message. He brought his message to Nehemiah. We're going to read it. 
He brought his message to Nehemiah about Jerusalem, about the people being in distress, and Nehemiah, he listened. Now, before we go any further, think about this. If you were there in Shushan, and uh, Hanani came to you and began to tell you about Jerusalem, is it possible that maybe you or me, before he got finished telling us about what was going on, we interrupted and didn't finish listening to what was going on? Is it possible that rather than listening, we interrupt and we begin to go a different direction and tell him, well, you think that's bad. Let me tell you what I've been going through here in Shushan. We've been away from Jerusalem. That would be much better than what I'm going through right there. And we like the results of, of Nehemiah, but some of the results of that arise and build, of that wall being built, the people of God having a life again back in Jerusalem happened because Nehemiah made a difference by listening. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to start there, Nehemiah chapter one. We're going to read, uh, I want to read the first five verses. You'll notice when we get to verse four, uh, he'll say a statement like, when I heard these words, and then verse five will be the prayer that he begins to read. Let's read these verses all together, starting in verse number one. Ready? The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Kislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that... Okay, now wait a second, wait a second. How did you pronounce that? All right, you did good, you did good. Here we go, verse two. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came he with certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. And that prayer continues. But that verse four, when I heard these words, he didn't interrupt, he listened. And listening makes a difference. You and I, if we learn to listen, we can make a difference. And uh, before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you for these truths found here in Nehemiah, the truth of compassion, the truth of prayer making a difference. Uh, thank you for this truth about listening. And I pray that you help us to search our hearts, help us to search our lives. In reality, Lord, you know a marriage can be saved if maybe the spouse, the husband or the wife learns to listen. Uh, a daughter or a son growing up, maybe a teenager, uh, they learn to listen, could avoid many pitfalls in life. And Lord, I pray that even some learn to listen, they can hear the gospel and be saved. Lord, we love you. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Making a difference by listening. Oh, so much to say, so little time. Uh, referring back to that pastor, W.A. Criswell, he's going to Baylor University. He's about 19 years of age. And a man who is named Carr Collins, not a member of Baylor University, but a, a Baptist, 
And the Baptists at that time, they're going through the Great Depression, and oh my, uh, the, the professors at Baylor are starving. But uh, Rockefeller uh, heard about the distress that Baylor was going uh, through and said, hey, uh, we will, I will donate $500,000 to the school if you'll uh, get the Baptists across America to donate $500,000. You raise $500,000, I'll give you $500,000. Middle of the Depression, an almost impossible task. Here, W.A. Criswell, he's 19, 20 years of age, and uh, this man, Carr Collins, comes up, and he's responsible for leading the, the Baptists to raise this money. He comes up to W.A. Criswell, and he says, hey, I want you to go on my behalf to Southwestern University in Fort Worth, Texas, and I want you to stand before uh, the chapel there, and I want you to ask them to give to this worthy cause. <laughs> W.A. Criswell, he says, I'm 19? Who am I? Why send me? He's stunned. He's in disbelief. And Carr Collins puts his arm around him and says, I believe God's hand is upon you. I want you to go, and I want you to go on my behalf and speak. So he goes. He shows up at uh, Southwestern University, and the man in charge of the president is named Scarborough. And Scarborough gets here, and he's expecting Carr Collins to show up, and he shows up, this 19-year-old kid, and uh, he said, what are you doing here? He said, well, Carr Collins sent me here to, to preach at chapel and encourage the people to give. And he looked in disbelief. What are you doing here? He says, you know, you can't uh, squeeze blood out of a turnip. There's no way these folks out here will listen to you. Listen to you. You're 19, but if Carr Collins sent you, you might as well go. But I'm telling you, when the offering plates are passed, it's going to come completely empty. So he, by faith, got out there, and he opened up his Bible to Luke chapter number 6, verse 38, and he looked at those students who were often older than him, said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And he preached the word of God. And by the way, the interesting thing is, it was the word of God. The word of God didn't come back void. The word of God began to impress on the people that were sitting in those pews and they passed the offering plate. And when the offerings came, plates came back, they were full. Scarborough looked back and he couldn't believe he was in utter amazement at what had just happened. But, uh, but the, the thing is, is we, we could pat W.A. Criswell on the back, but praise God for a godly group of young people who sitting in the pews who were listening to the, listening to the word of God, listening to the word of God, listening to the word of God. And that listening to the word of God made a difference. By the way, they did raise that $500,000 and that $500,000, $100,000 was matched with that uh, $500,000 by Rockefeller and it made a difference. Back here in Nehemiah chapter number one, I love the way it was worded when in verse four, when I heard these words, Nehemiah listened. He listened to Hanani and praise God that he didn't cut him off. Praise God he didn't say, well, you think that's bad? Look what's going on here in Shushan. Nehemiah made a difference by listening. Now, there's a lot of ways that you and I could go with this, uh, thinking about biblically. But first of all, we have an example of somebody who listens to you and me. You know where we're going here. We have a God that longs to hear or listen to you and me. This is good news. 
This could be part of the Bible study, and it sort of is. Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Oh, Psalm 34, verse 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Uh, Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined, uh, he inclined unto me and heard my cry. We have a God that listens to you and me. Boy, in Psalm 77, verse 1, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. Man, we have a God that listens to us. We have a God that's patient with you and me, and he longs to hear from us. Pray without ceasing. By the way, think, think with me for a second. We expect God to listen to us. By the way, the Bible says he will, but he ex- we expect, when we go to God, we expect him to drop everything, and he does. He doesn't have to really drop anything. He can do every, you know, God's amazing, amen? But, but we expect, and he does hear us. But it wouldn't, wouldn't it be sad and discouraging to think for a moment that, you know, even if I went to the Lord, he wouldn't listen to me? You know how discouraging that would be? But our, but our God's not like that. He longs to hear from you. He longs to hear from me. And praise God, it's really encouraging when we can, we can know those verses like 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, we have a God that longs to hear from you and me, and we can go directly to the Lord in prayer. Wow, he hears us. But let, let's turn that around because God hears you and me. But you think about turning that around. Do you and I hear from God? right? Do you and I hear from God? And uh, I think of my, my son, Nehemiah, came up today, and uh, he had an apple. He says, Dad, I got you an apple. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah. By the way, I've, I'm like giving up my brownies and turning to apples. It's a lot better for me, okay? Doesn't taste as good as brownies, but uh, apples are pretty good. So he gave me, he was so excited about giving me an apple. And then about an hour later, my apple was sitting there. He came back and he says, Dad, can I have that apple? I said, sure, take my, you go ahead, buddy. And he, he got that apple back. But, you know, he wanted me to listen to him. He had, he had something he wanted to give me. Boy, I'll tell you what, God has something he wants to give you and me. Boy, the Word of God is a powerful book. It's a wonderful book. It's a glorious book filled with uh, apples, yes, apples, but it's filled with so many truths down here that'll help you and me. And he longs for you and me to hear him. Now, here's a couple of thoughts. Practice listening. You know, some of, some of, some of us, if we're not careful, we, we struggle in that area of listening. I got a big mouth. Thanks, Ben. That's my son right there. You didn't have to agree right there. That wasn't very nice of you. But I got a big mouth. And so I have to really concentrate hard to stop and hear. And uh, practice, by the way, it's been said that people speak about 100 words a minute. And you have the ability to hear 400 words a minute. And uh, then some people say you can think 10 times faster than we can hear. Now, that's not true in all of our cases. Okay, it's just not true, okay? It's just not. So, uh, for example, think, think with this. If somebody said, hey, pastor, I, I, I really need to talk to you. And uh, so, okay, yeah, come on in, sit down. 
what do you have to say? And then, then all of a sudden they begin to speak their hundred words a minute. And I, I begin to listen, but I allow my mind to begin to wonder. And I think about all the different things that are going on at the church, maybe the sick person in the church, a building project, the bills that need to be paid, what brother so-and-so said about last week's message, and assume that what he said is good and it was good. Uh, we can be very distracted. And all of a sudden, we have somebody right there who needs somebody to listen. You could fill in the blank, that could be your husband. That could be your wife. It could be your son or your daughter. It could be somebody who you work with. It could be somebody uh, a thousand miles away uh, from another time zone that calls you. Maybe you're an aunt or an uncle. Uh, in the Depression, going back to W.A. Criswell, he's pastoring. He had, he had two churches he was pastoring. He's pastored three weeks, one church. at one church, and then the next week uh, he'd spend it at this other church. They're small. And this one church was established right after the Civil War and for about 75 years never had a building. They had a tabernacle that had uh, just a, a roof, but they had no doors on it or anything like that. And so he's pastoring this church. And in the middle of the Depression, everybody's broke. I mean, everybody's out of business. And his head deacon, a good man, uh, was so broke. He was a farmer. Three, three months behind on the mortgage, was about to lose everything, lost his, his horses, lost, literally lost everything. And the kid preacher comes up and he says to his deacon, he says, you know, we need to build a church. And we really need to, you know, build a church and we need to really do it now. And the deacon looked at him and was like, I don't have any money. There, nobody in our church has any money. There's no hope. And... Uh, the kid preacher said, I just need somebody who will stand with me and believe that God can. And that deacon looked and he, he listened and he said, you know what? I'm going to stand with you and believe that God can. So they, they drew out the church and it was actually the shape of the church was in a cross. And they went to the lumber yard and, and it came up that it was the whole church building, if they did the labor themselves, was going to cost $240. They brought all the men together, laid out the plans to the men, and the men listened, but stared in disbelief as this young pastor presented the plans. And uh, they were looking at him like, we, we don't have any, we can't do this. $240, it, it could be $10, none of us have any money, it can't happen. And the pastor was a little brokenhearted and he began to weep. And that deacon who said, I'm going to stand with the pastor, got up. The one who'd listen, he says, listen, folks, none of us have any money, but we need a church. We've been here for 75 years. It's never been a good time to build the church. It's not a good time to build a church now. It may never be a good time to, to build a church, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I have no money, but I have a saddle, and I plan to take this saddle when eventually I get uh, the money to get a horse to, to use it for my horse, but I know somebody that'll give me $15 for this saddle. He says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell this saddle and give $15. Then he went over to Brother Dan and put his arm around Brother Dan. He said, Brother Dan, what are you going to do? <laughs> and by the end of that night, boy, they were rejoicing because $255 was committed. And, and the, the whole church began to weep and praise God, and they built a building. Now, I believe... Because that one deacon who had nothing but a great God listened 
to a dream of this young 19-year-old pastor. You know, listening makes a difference. By the way, there's dangers of not listening. You realize there's a danger of not listening? In the book of Genesis, do you remember, do you remember Joseph? He had a dream, do you remember that? And he had that coat of many colors. His brothers saw him coming from a distance and said, there he is, let's get him. And later on, you fast forward, he got sold into slavery. We know all of that. The, the, the famine comes, the brothers go to Egypt to get food. And next thing, Joseph sees his brother and there's the interaction with him. And next thing you know, in Genesis 42, the brothers, they, and they said one to another, these are those brothers, we are very guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us. This is back, remember, before when they were throwing him in the pit. We saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. And he looked back, he said, we should have listened. By the way, we all have those moments. We should have listened. Why wait? Why wait? You don't have to wait. Well, your marriage could be salvaged if you listen. Boy, your relationship with your son or daughter could be salvaged if you listen. Boy, in so many different areas of our lives, we can be helped if we, what? Listen. Remember, we, we speak, spoke of the word of God. Hear the word of the Lord. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 44 says, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to what? To hear the word of the Lord. You and I, one thing we should be steadfast and unmovable about is hearing the word of the Lord. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, you, you know the verse, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You wanna increase your faith? Listen to the book. Hear the word of the Lord. Uh, Deuteronomy, it's, you, you remember Deuteronomy. Uh, it, it commands us, and we, we quote this in our family, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It mentions the, the, the Ten Commandments in chapter five, but hear, O Israel. It's sort of a command saying, hear, O Israel. And it was a reminder to listen. Listen to God, listen to God, listen to God. Do you remember Ezekiel chapter 37? Uh, them bones, I'm talking about the, oh, ye dry bones. Do you remember that? Here, some of you remember the song, them bones, them bones, them dry bones, them bones, them bones, them Dry bones and bones and bones and dry bones. Now hear the word of the Lord. Some of you never heard that song before. Oh boy. Hear the word of the Lord. You and I make a commitment that you're going to listen to the words of God. Commit to it. Commit to listening to the word of God. And I really think we ought to study to show thyself approved unto God. We ought to read the word of God daily. We ought to delight in the law of the Lord. We ought, to, we ought to go to church. You can go to church. You should listen to the word of God being taught in Sunday school. You ought to listen to the word of God being preached on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We ought to listen to the word of God. Now, there's some hindrances to, to listening. Some hindrances to listening. Some of you are suffering from these tonight. Bad ears. You can't hear. Uh, terrible phone reception. You ever gotten that? You're talking to somebody, all of a sudden, goes, and you, you just don't want to say anything because you feel embarrassed. The reception went out. Uh, hindrances to listening. Don't care. That's a bad one. And uh, you don't care. Um, hindrances to listening. Only interested in me, myself, and I. Hindrance to listening. You've just gotten a bad habit of not listening. 
Hindrances to listening, it's a lack of understanding of the importance of listening. So here's some advice. Uh, this is the end of the sermon, some general thoughts. Always, I want to say it again, always, can I shout it? Always listen to God. Always listen to God. Well, God's always right. We might as well listen to him. Uh, and we ought to listen to God through his word, of course. Here's some more advice. Please, just like, like Nehemiah took time with Hanani, take time to listen to people who might need your help. Just take time. Take time to listen to people who might need your help. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Listen. Our church, we are so blessed with visitors that come. Right? Uh, they come for so many different reasons. Some of them never been saved. Uh, some have been hurt in the past. Some people have been saved. They're looking for a church. There's thousands of reasons people come to our church. But when they come to the, the door right there, sometimes we need to take a moment and listen to them. Amen. Listen to them. Who are you? Uh, where'd you come from? Mars? Really? Where, where'd you come? But really, seriously, listen to them. Amen. Care for them. James chapter 1, verse 22 then says this, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, we ought to listen to God, but not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Listening makes a difference. Let's pray. Dear Father.